Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. This is The Light in Kent. My name's Larry Knoll. I'm the pastor here. We hope that you are celebrated by someone. I want you to know that God loves you. God is celebrating you, no matter where you are, what your situation is. Kids, I hope you're taking time to celebrate your dad, and that's important for him to know that he's loved, or maybe someone who's like a dad to you if your father's not around. So I thought I would get started, though, with some dad jokes. I don't usually, I don't usually do anything like this, but it is Father's Day, and so here's a, couple, here's a couple here that I thought I'd share with you, okay, if you don't mind. My wife and I have decided not to have kids. The kids are taking it pretty badly. <laughs> when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. Mm-hmm. My daughter just shrieked at me, Dad, you haven't listened to a word I've said, have you? What an odd way to begin a conversation. Take, take my son, please. Dad, can you explain to me what a solar eclipse is? No, son. You want one more? Okay. What did the buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at school? Bye, son. There you go. Has some people that are really with it there. We might want to turn these fans on, somebody. We're about to die up here. All right, hell is hot, but, you know, we're not going there, and we don't need to feel it now. I want to say a prayer this morning for our fathers, though. You know, we, dads are the brunt of jokes a lot of times, and we don't care because we like to have fun. But we also want to pray for our dads that are represented here today. So whether you're here in the building, I know we have some here, and we also have some that might be watching today. But we want to pray a prayer of God's blessing upon you. So let's bow our heads and pray. I pray that God's blessing be on you and your families, wherever they are. Uh, I pray that your children would rise up and call you blessed. I pray that you would be blessed in your coming and blessed in your going. And may your life be fruitful and bring glory to our Heavenly Father who gave us our spiritual inheritance through Jesus Christ. I pray that you would look to the Lord for all strength and all wisdom in your life. And lastly, I pray that you would seek Him because he will be found. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're thankful to honor, we're glad to honor our fathers today. So you might say, so what are you preaching on? The Little Mermaid. You say, that's a weird... So what we're doing, by the way, if you're just coming in today, is we're doing a series on movies, pop, popular movies that are out, and what when you watch that movie, what it might say to you about God. Because I can't help but going to a movie and seeing God in those stories. Okay? 
it's another form of artwork. I hear songs, Christian and non-Christian. For the longest time, I thought the Eagles, back in the 70s, were singing a song about seeking the Lord. You know, I didn't really know the words, and you know, we didn't have the lyrics on Spotify and stuff like that like we do today, so I thought they were saying one thing, but they were actually singing another. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, they're seeking God, you know. So, you know, I mean, I just look for God in everything, you know, and and yeah, because I believe that he created all things for uh, his glory. All right. So uh, it's Satan that takes things and turns them around. You see, Satan takes them and turns them around and kind of twists them and tries to take it away from God's glory. So uh, we're going to talk about The Little Mermaid, and I'll tell you why because that's one of my favorite movies. It was an animated feature, and as you know, it just came, they redid it as a live action. I haven't seen, anybody seen The Little Mermaid, the new one yet? Okay, I haven't either. I plan on seeing it. But today's text is going to be in Psalm 103. We're going to start there. 103 verses 8 through 13. And this text describes our Heavenly Father's character. And there's a reason I want to talk about this in relation to this movie. So Psalm 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. I might underline that one. I might need to remember that. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Here's another part. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Can I get an amen on that? Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. You have a great lover. His name is God, okay? And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us, can you say thank you, Lord? Aren't you glad for that? And the last verse says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Some dads are mean dads. Okay, my grandfather was a mean dad. My dad's father was not, he was not kind to his kids. Now, if you had 13 kids during the Depression, and had to feed them all, you probably, you might have acted like E.R. Noel did, okay? You might have acted like that. Um, today, he'd probably be labeled as an abusive, physically abusive father. He was, he beat him, threw things at him, and, um, you know, I would say he wasn't fair, didn't treat them fairly, and give them an opportunity. But you know what? It didn't turn out too bad because a bunch of them became preachers, or ministers, or lay people in their churches, I would say for the most part, our family has turned out to serve the Lord. So in 1989, the Disney animated feature film, The Little Mermaid, was released. And when we're talking about dads, okay, I'm talking about, let's think about the kind of dad that God represents, that we just saw. Okay, because there's always those who misrepresent God. I always think dads are a representation of the Father. Okay? And when it's wrong, it gives people maybe a bad idea who God is. 
So when this movie was released, I remember our family, I took my kids, we went to the movies rarely. We didn't go to the movies very often because I, I didn't want them to hear any bad words. I didn't, you know, I didn't want them to, but I knew Disney back then, not today, but back then Disney was totally safe. When it said G, that meant it was going to be very clean and it was going to be very family oriented. And we never missed a Disney film. I mean, we saw, we saw them all the time. And the underwater animation was groundbreaking and the musical score, incredible. I mean, it was Broadway type music. I mean, this was a Hollywood blockbuster in every way. And as we talked about, Disney's just released the live action remake of this adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's tale. Now, if you read the actual story, it doesn't actually go like you see it. The Disney's versions are always much nicer, and they always have a happy ending. I won't tell you the, I won't tell you the real story, the Hans Christian Andersen one, because you probably haven't read it, and if you want to read it, it's interesting. It actually has a very spiritual undertone to it, and uh, doesn't really have a great ending to it, okay? So Disney took what they liked about it, and made one of their movies in it. And being that it's Father's Day, I see this not as a tale about a young lady, but as a tale of a dad. King Triton, remember him? He's the supreme ruler of the sea, father to Ariel, the mermaid princess. That's going to go viral now, you know, you just watch. That's right. And I mean, Ariel has her father wrapped around her flipper, I mean, her finger, okay? And she's also very drawn to that world up there, right? She grew up underwater in the sea, but she seems to be drawn to this land of the humans. It's very strange to her. And the king allows her to do almost anything. She can do just about anything except interact with that strange world above. He's forbidden her to do that. See, our Heavenly Father created this world. I believe He did. I believe He did it just like the Bible said. In seven days, He created this world. He snapped His finger. Things happened. Every creature, every plant, every man and woman, He created man and woman, and from there, we all came from Adam and Eve. I believe that. Well, let's go to Genesis for a second. Genesis chapter 2. Following the initial creation, verses 15 through 17, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So he became a steward of the Garden of Eden. God created a wonderful place for him. You just take care of it. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in this garden. It will keep producing. You can enjoy it for as long as you want. But, and there's always a but, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. How many knows Father knows best? That's not just an old TV show, black and white. Father knows best. So Ariel, the mermaid, I believe when I see this, she represents me and you. We're the mermans, the merladies, okay? 
Ariel's this curious girl who isn't satisfied with the status quo. And while her sisters are content with their simple lives to live in the king's court, Ariel explores things outside of her underwater world. And she actually discovers a number of artifacts from the human world. And this leads her to believe there's more to see. We're curious like that, aren't we? You ever notice that sin pulls us in a little bit at a time? It's just, you know, I'll just maybe take a look at this. Maybe watch a minute of that. Maybe I'll just listen to a moment of this, okay? You ever just tried to eat one Lay's potato chip? If you're holding the bag, honey, it's gone. 15 minutes. I was just going to eat one. Because of this, because of this yearning of this desire for, uh, for things that she's told she's not allowed to have, she feels a void now, like something's missing in my life. i got to find out what it is. And she desperately is wanting to be a part of this other world. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. It says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, Listen to this, in the futility of their thinking. See, she had futile thinking. She had thinking that she shouldn't be doing. Thinking about things that she was forbidden to do, so why would you think about them if you're not supposed to do them? They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. When it comes right down to it, sin is all about us. It's about what we want. We make ourselves the idol. I'm going to please me. I deserve this. After all, I work hard. After all, this, after all that, we justify our sin is what we do, you see? And many pre-Christians, many people who aren't Christians yet, they know this void like Ariel was experiencing. And they don't know how to fill it. If you run into pre-Christians, you will find that that's what they're working on. That's why they're doing the things that they're doing. Even the false religions that they get involved with, the movements that they get a hold of, okay, the type of philosophies, all that is to try to erase the void that's in their life. But there's also a villain. There's also a villain in every one of these stories, isn't there, so that we have that tension. Now, I bet you Ariel would have figured things out sooner or later and been okay. But there's a villain a sea witch named Ursula. Now, some people say, I have a problem with this kind of a story with children. There's a witch in it. You know what? There's a real devil. And I always felt like, well, my kids need to know that evil is real. And as long as it's not portraying the devil as my friend or sin as my friend or the witch as a good witch, as long as it's portraying it as an evil thing, I'm good with it. And Ursula is on the other side. 
Ursula represents Satan, is what I believe. And she's deceptive and cunning. She's got some things figured out. And she is patient. She is not in a hurry. See, Ariel knows that Ursula is bad news. She knows this. Her father has told her ever since she was born. Yet, she's easily tricked when Ursula says, I'm not evil. I'm actually here to help you. Did you get a chill when she said that in the movie? It's like, whoa, I've heard that voice before. This is the, I'm here to help you to be a better you. Don't you want to be a better you? Well, I can help you with that. I just want to help you and your fellow sea folk, she said. That's all I want to do. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. It says, this is now the other, this is Slewfoot here. This is Satan. He's speaking in the garden. He said, you will not surely die if you eat from this fruit. If you eat from this tree, you won't die. Verse 5 says, for God knows. He's he's got a secret here he's not telling you. For God knows that when you eat from it, what will happen? Your eyes will be opened. Now, he spoke the truth there. That is exactly what happened to him. And you will be like God. Well, who wouldn't want that? knowing good and evil. There's a reason God did not want that in their life. But first of all, he wanted obedience. And like the devil was jealous of God, Ursula is jealous of King Triton, Ariel's father. She wants nothing more than to reign as the queen of the sea. How would she ever get that opportunity, though? This guy's powerful. Do you ever see that thing he carries around? What's that called? What's that, that, that pitchfork thing he carries around? Is that called a triton? And it's got all this power in it. And zoop, zoop. What better way, though, to get back? If you want to get back at somebody, get through their kids. You know, Satan may not be able to get through to you. So he'll work on, yes, he'll work on your children. He'll work on those in your family, your life. And that's exactly what was taking place. I couldn't get you, so I'm going after your daughter. Because he knows what will, she knows what will work. And Ursula promises Ariel, oh, I'm your friend, that I can make you human. That's all Ariel needed to hear. Then I could go walk on that land, on those things called, what do you call them, legs? Wouldn't it be exciting? And Ariel, though, there's a little hitch here. There's a little trade, isn't there? Ariel must hand over her beautiful voice as collateral. Remember that voice in the original? Now, the girl that sings, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this girl that sings in the new one. I've just heard a few of the songs. I can't wait to go see the movie. She's phenomenal. But in the original, Jody Benson was the voice of Ariel. She's the one who sang. Did you know she was a born-again Christian? She did an animated, um, she did an animated Bible series for children. Yeah, did her, and she sang and did her voice on that back in the 80s. Okay, Some of you weren't even around then. 
So Ariel must hand over her beautiful voice as collateral. See, with Satan, there's always a catch. And it's, you know, here's the thing. It's like going to Las Vegas. Well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to take $100 and I'm just going to play. You know what? It's, don't you know something? That's fine. If you want to do that and go, you know, throw away $100, okay, fine. That's your business. But here's the thing. That everything's in favor of the house. Everything's in favor of the house. In other words, it's all slanted. If you think these are honest games, you're wrong. Everything is slanted. Everything's in favor of the house. So you are not to leave there. Most people are not to leave there making money or they would not stay in business. And when you deal with Satan, it's slanted always in his favor. You cannot play with that power, okay? And we humans just seem like we're all just happy to give over our gifts, give over our families, give over our lives. Should I go there or shouldn't I go there? Let's just go to the Word. I was going to say some things. Romans 6.23 says, real simple, what does that say? For the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is what? In Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's the only payment for sin is death. And like, like Ursula, Satan wants to distract us from our true potential for a short-term payoff. Do you hear what I'm saying? Short-term payoff. You will get a payoff from Satan. You will enjoy those drugs for a while. They will make life more exciting. They will make you forget the problems and the failures and everything else and the pain that you're feeling, it will work for a while. Okay, getting drunk on the weekends will make your boring job bearable Monday through Friday for a while. Do you understand what I'm saying? Cutting yourself will relieve some of that pressure for a while. But the problem is it's never permanent, so you need something at the next level. Just one laced potato chip. And that's that short-term payoff. And Ariel longs and Sebastian frets and Eric struts and Ursula schemes and children watch and Triton forbids and Ariel rebels and Ursula waits and the audience knows what's going to happen. We know. And all that was required of Ariel was just give up your voice and sign the document. Sign a document that pledges your eternal soul to Ursula. If you can't get Prince Eric to fall in love with you in three days, you're mine. Now, she's got a lot of confidence in her beauty. She's been told all of her life, you are so beautiful. Nobody has red hair like you, honey. You are, look at the skin and the scales. Oh, my gosh. You are amazing. You are a queen. And so she believes that that natural beauty and talent, Eric, is toast. Once he sees me, well, he won't be able to hear her because she doesn't have her voice anymore. Three days, though, that's a long time. Three days. I should be able to do this in three days. Okay, and she signs on the dotted line. She agrees, and at first... 
it seems like the deal was a good deal. She has met Eric, met his dog, living in his castle. Things are going in the right direction. She's got legs. But see, her sin here, the problem is she disobeyed her father. Her desires overcame her. Where, just think about it. Who are you dealing with here? You forget who you're dealing with. You forget the evil that you're trying to make a deal with. You forget that this is all slanted in the house's favor here. Her desires overcome her and she decided to ignore her dad's rule to stay away from the very one that he said, just like the tree, stay away from this tree. Stay away. If I eat from the tree, though, good things will happen, right? If I sign over, I'll get Eric. Proverbs 14, verses 11 through 13 says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to what? That's like the wages of sin. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. You might be having a good time now. You might be, oh, look at this, see? Dad was wrong. Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an old fuddy-duddy. It's different now than when you were younger, okay? But the Bible is so clear and so true. It's good for a while, don't, but your while will come to an end. And then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Surely, this is Disney. Ariel will save herself regardless of her disobedient behavior, right? See, I love the fact that Disney didn't bail her and neither does Hans Christian Andersen. Let you see the consequences of disobedient behavior, selfish behavior, selfish. You see, when you sin... There's what I call collateral damage. Now, you may have some pain. You may have some things that go wrong. You may owe some money. You may ha- end up <coughs> excuse me, in the hospital because of your actions. You may end up owing people money. You may end up in trouble. You may end up losing your job. You may end up ruining your marriage. But the collateral damage is what it does to the children and your wife or your husband. Or the people that were dependent on you at work. That's true. That's true. The relationships that you just messed up like nobody's business. So true. So true. That's that collateral damage, you see. But as the story goes, she's not able to redeem her lost condition in her own power. She loses. And after three days of everything... Even that beautiful song, Kiss the Girl. Remember that one? That was a great song. After three days of extreme effort and help from all her sea friends, Ariel's unable to make Eric fall in love with her. And guess who comes back on the scene? (laughs) Ready to claim her prize and enslave the little mermaid for eternity. If I couldn't get your dad, 
I'm going to get you. And and all seems lost until King Triton appears. Remember the thing? And he tries. He shows up. And man, that laser beam that comes out of there, it doesn't touch that piece of paper. Remember? She just holds up that piece of paper and it acts like a force field. She goes, you can't do anything about this because she signed this and this is a legally binding document. He is powerless at this point to do anything because Ariel sold her soul in a binding contractual agreement. And there's nothing that he could do about it. But then we see a twist. Isn't there always a twist? And after... This is an offer nobody, nobody was expecting. But a substitutionary sacrifice is offered right here. And this is where I saw the love of Jesus in this movie. This is where it happened to me. This is, I remember watching this, tears came to my eyes. Because if King Triton would be willing to take the place of his beloved daughter, If he would leave his throne and take Ariel's punishment, then Ursula would be okay. She would be satisfied. The payment would be made, and Ariel would go free. The question is, would he be willing to sacrifice himself to to save his beloved daughter? Would he be willing to do that? That's a huge cost. It would affect, the collateral damage would affect the entire kingdom. All his subjects would now be under Ursula. It would not be good. Would he be willing to do it? And all I could think of was, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, for God so loved. So King Triton, to me, represents God, Jesus. King Triton is the God of the sea, and everything he sees is his. And everything is under his command. Just like how God forbid Adam from eating the fruit of the tree in the Garden of Eden, King Triton said, Ariel, I forbid you from seeking advice or having anything to do with Ursula. She's nothing but a trickster. She's evil. But in both cases, both kings allow free will. When we're raising our kids, there comes a point where we don't know everything they're doing all the time. There's a little free will that starts coming in, and you hope that what they've learned from you, they're using. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to do everything you tell them to do. They're going to try some things. But in both cases, Adam and Ariel take advantage of their free will with terrible, terrible, terrible results. And Ariel is captured by Ursula's minions. And because of the deal she's made, she's destined to die as a piece of seaweed. What was that little thing in the movie they became? A little dried up thing there. And to her surprise, her dad, (laughs) King Triton, takes her place. And he endures the punishment meant for Ariel. You remember that big 
that big funnel that was of water that was going around Ariel, it switches sides and he becomes that little tiny dried up little piece of seaweed. Even though, listen, even though Ariel disobeyed her father, just flat out disobeyed his advice. Man, I can imagine if it was some of us, well, she gets what she deserves. That's what she gets. I told her. She can pay the piper now. She made her bed. She can sleep in it. God could say that about us. He could have said that about us. I sent my son. I sent my son. You chose to spit in my face. You chose to live a sinful life. You chose to ignore me. That's even worse. It's not the people that so much, you know, think they're spitting in God's face or disobeying. It's the ones who don't even, they just want to ignore him. To me, that's worse. Even though she disobeyed her father, listen to this, he still loved her. Now, us parents, we know about that. Even us fathers, we know about that. I don't like what you're doing. I don't support what you're doing. But I still love you. That's hard to understand until you become a, a mom or a dad, isn't it? I still love you. Now, I don't support you. I remember one of my kids was doing things they shouldn't do. They didn't have any electricity. They were living in darkness, literally. Couldn't keep food in the fridge. Couldn't run the heat. Didn't have any lights living in this apartment because they were spending money on some other things that they shouldn't. And I knew they were, and I said, I cannot support you, and so I cannot help you. You're breaking your dad's heart. Your dad wants to be your dad, but he can't be your dad right now because I would be supporting what you're doing. So you know how to get out of this. He could have said that. But he still loved her so much and he traded places with her and he gave up his life for her. In a sense, King Triton's like Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and giving the enemy the false impression that he had won. Ursula thought, I've won. And Satan thought that when Jesus was on the cross. There you go. There you go. Now I've got the glory. Now I've got the power. But just like when Jesus rose from the grave, we sang that song, Celebrate Jesus Today. So King Triton, he comes back all right, and he banishes Ursula from the sea. And you and I were destined to die for our sin, for our rebellion. You know that. There's a price. It's a spiritual death. It's worse than our, it's worse than our physical death. And here's the good news. God loves you even when you're messing up. Even when you're choosing to do wrong, God loves you. And guess what? Jesus stepped in and has already taken your place. He has endured the punishment for you. Even while we were still sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. And he took our punishment 
He paid our debt. Why? Because God loves us. And it's better than Triton's love. It's better than daddy's love. It's better than mama's love. It's better than your uncle's love, or your grandpa's love, or whoever's love, your lover's love. This is a different love that you can't even understand till you connect with that love. So if you've got that void today, there's a reason you had that void. It's because you haven't accepted that love yet. You're not walking in that relationship. Can I just say this? God loves you. And he gave his only son, Jesus, to pay your debt so your spirit would be alive and you would be his child. I love that scripture. God so, so loved. We can't, we can't equate that with anything else, you know. I went to one of my favorite restaurants this week that Mary doesn't like to go to, so whenever, whenever somebody goes, where do you want to go? I go, I'm going to go there. And um, went there with this guy, and we had a good lunch and talked about some things. And then they bring you, I forgot, even for lunch, they bring you this pastry for dessert. It's a part of the deal. And I chose cheese, whatever that was, strudel, cheese strudel, homemade cheese strudel. The New Era Restaurant, go there. It's under a bridge in Akron. You'll know when I, you'll see it, okay. And as I thought about that, and I forgot, you know, and she goes, oh, don't forget your cheese strudel. I was like, I so love that cheese strudel. <laughs> Oh, and I had plans for that cheese strudel. It's not, not at lunch because I'll be like, you know, in the afternoon trying to work. So, man, I had a cup of coffee waiting for that. Later that night, yes, hallelujah, praise God, bless his name forever. Not decaf either. I want to be awake and fully enjoy every bite of this. And I so loved that moment. She took a shower. I didn't want to eat it in front of her because she won't. She's on a stricter thing than me, you know, and she went up and took that shower, and I said, now's my chance. And I so loved that cheese strudel. It's like every bite was like, oh. And that doesn't even describe the love of God, you see. When we love temporal things, and we think, we think, but I wouldn't die for that piece of strudel. I only love that piece of strudel because of what it does for me. That's our love. But God loves you and you can't do a thing for him. He's not going to get any huge benefit out of you loving him. That's so strange to me that he loved me first. And I guess he, he already knew about me. He knew what, how I would fail him how I would mess up with my life. He knew it all. And then he still loved me. So he loves you right where you are, right whatever you're doing. The lowest place you are, he loves you. The highest place you are, he still loves you too. Even though you don't think you need that, you do. Let's pray. Father God, I pray your Holy Spirit will speak to the hearts and minds of People that are hearing this today, maybe they're, the next time they watch this little movie, they'll think about this. 
I think about your great, great love that surpasses the, any capacity for love that we have. You so loved the world. What a love. Do we think about this love? Would we sacrifice our life for the life of our loved one? For anybody? But yet, you did that for me. Knowing who I am. I praise you, God. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. You are a good, good Father. You are a good God. And we sing of your goodness. Your mercy. Your mercy is just running after us all the time. Wanting us to cash in on that mercy. Wanting us to turn around and receive that mercy. Even when we're running from you, that mercy is chasing after us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So God, I pray, Lord, for those who need you today, receive Jesus, receive his love, receive the love of God, his great love. Become a part of that family. He's already paid the price. He knows exactly who you are and where you are. And he loves you today. Receive Jesus as your savior, I pray. Anybody in this place today, I don't take it for granted, do you need the Lord? Then you need to receive Him today. You need to take a step in His direction today and let Him embrace you with His love. He's already paid the price. There's, I don't want you to clean up. I don't want you to change one thing right now. He's not asking for that. He's saying, come as you are. Come as you are right now. I love you just the way you are. Lord, I thank you for moving, speaking to us already today. I pray for those who have received you. Maybe it was just a step. Maybe they're just thinking about it. Maybe it's one of many steps they're going to take. I pray, Lord, that you would be with them on that journey. Holy Spirit, speak to them, be with them, protect them. And let them feel your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Little Mermaid. Not a Bible story. But I'm telling you. I see Jesus in the love of King Triton that he would give himself. For that rebellious little girl. If you didn't need prayer today, well, before we do that, I'm supposed to do something else. I'm supposed to go ahead and um, say goodbye to those who are watching through our streaming. I want to thank you for watching and participating in this way. We invite you to come and be with us someday if you're in the area of Kent, Ohio. Please come be with us. This is a wonderful group of people. We like to worship the Lord and we like to love on each other. So if you'd like to get a handshake or a hug or just a word of encouragement, a smile, this is a good place to get that. And plus, I know that you're going to feel the presence of the Lord here. So come and join us. The Light in Kent, our website is at the bottom of the screen at some point. I hope that you check us out. Leave us a message, like, 
share, uh, subscribe to one of our channels, either our video or uh, podcast channels. We would appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.